0: Welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. It's just myself, Nigel True and Freddie. Uh, today, <laughs> to talk about the Singapore Grand Prix a Mammoth Singapore Grand Prix, over two hours, bit of a delay as well, which made it over three hours. Uh, but we did, uh, ended up with a winner, which was Sergio Perez's fourth one victory ever, the second of the year after Monaco, of course. Uh, Freddie, what did you make of a bit of a weird race wasn't it?
1: It was a weird race I think mammoth was a very good word to describe it um, because of the way it just simply became such a behemoth of an afternoon um, when you think oh it's a relatively early race for, it's for UK time zones it's a one o'clock race an hour earlier than the Europe time zone and then it was an hour later and you had the whole you set had the whole ceremony around it it kind of felt like you were there for quite a long time before any laps were turned which is a bit you know we've been there before that's classic that's normal that's formula one in wet conditions um in the modern era but i mean i think that in the end unfortunately took away from the race and just the nature of a street track with no drs for a long time and one single drying line made it kind of a bit weird and really hard race for the drivers which i think was what gave it intrigue throughout because if you were just watching a car you could you know you could see that it was a struggle and hard to drive and for everyone for the best drivers which we will get onto, because that was not an easy grand prix for anyone and i think it's the most forgivable grand prix for every mistake possible i can remember in a long time um absolutely yeah. i just and i just think you know it became a bit i was saying to nigel before this podcast started it's, 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 it's the race is to pique my interest most and lose it as quickly as possible that i can remember. Some people like, go, wow, this is happening. And it's like, oh, and, yeah. and it's kind of like, okay, it seems to be you, you'd go from chapter to chapter with flashpoints that were then followed by so much sort of stagnation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a proper driver's race, though, I thought, with wet conditions, drying out, and then when it, especially when they went on to dry tyres, the first 15, 20 laps. When they went on to drives and the track was still damp and very wet in some parts, it was pure. That is why they get paid the big bucks. We saw all the skill there who could not put it in the wall, who could deal with the conditions, get the tyres into the right temperature. We saw all of that, and it's not often we see that in modern day F1, at least, especially at Singapore, one of the toughest tracks in the world, the most physical track of the calendar as well. So, Singapore
1: singapore is the track when it's a dry race the, tr- the leader drives for three seconds slower than they can do at front and just controls yeah. the race for a one stop and tries to make sure only one pit stop phase is required so then they can just control the race and um we saw that in 2019 we saw that in 2018 um with then having to just the, the odd the odd safety car period just being able to control relatively easily and and. And, you know, that's kind of a a trademark. That's why someone like Vettel has done so well at Singapore, because his trademark race is just to um, plant himself in the lead and just disappear, frankly. And, you know, that kind of can lend itself to losing the the driver race of Singapore, which it has the potential to be, which is why the qualifying is amazing. I mean, I still stand by the 2019 pole lap of Charles Leclerc at Singapore being one of my favourite laps to watch of all time, because he seems just nearly put it in the wall every other corner. And it's a dry qualifying lap, and he's still got poles, which just makes it amazing for me. Um, but you had that on every lap of the race. I think you could... It got to the point where, with the Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez battle when they were on um, um, slicks for the first of 20 laps, on that after that safety car for uh, Sonoda, that you could sort of figure out where they were going to overstep the mark each lap, but then be able to hold it. Leclerc was always sliding through turn three. Perez was always going um a little bit deep and a little bit sketchy on the bumps into um not, turn, not quite turn five a couple of times there but also the um the, the straight in sector two uh, after the yeah. Anderson bridge and you know that you could kind of figure out where the drivers were having their weaknesses which is something you can only really figure out in a cockpit so to be able to see that from a from a um spectator's point of view was relative was, relative, was really interesting if you if you if you're that way inclined yeah <laughs> it's very sure. nerdy
0: no, that's, that's how me and you are, but you know, yeah, of course, other people might enjoy F1 different ways, but Perez did win, great drive. But should he have won? Because we know he didn't respect the 10-car length rule. I saw it both times after turn 13, after the Anderson Bridge, down to turn 50. I suppose it when it was live. I didn't see the second one where the steward said. Uh, they had to give him a warning between uh, 9 and 10, I think it was uh, what they said. I It might he might not have been shot on TV, to be honest. And when I did see it, but when I saw the other two, I thought he should have got a penalty. So for me, Perez should have been given two five-second time penalties instead said he has been given one five-second time penalty and a reprimand and two penalty points. What is What are your thoughts, Freddie? Do you think Perez should have been penalised?
1: Yeah. yeah. I think so. And it's a shame because you know he did do really well in in a really pressurized environment but i think the way the safety car periods were then conveyed from his side really goes against what a safety car is and it's very much viewing the competitive nature of the safety car and then trying to argue it as as wet conditions so he's a fine thing to do but then when the when you're then very obviously then saying speed up and then you're very obviously going fast through points like if you're going at racing speed through various points when you're when you've caught up to the safety car that completely negates the point of a safety car because you're going at racing speeds at parts of the track even if yeah. that isn't the part of the track where the instance is it's when there's a safety car that's when marshals can go on track even at various points it doesn't just have to be it's an unlocked area of the track so you've got to kind of pay attention to that and the safety car goes at a speed to as well because Sergio Perez was also ticked off for Having uh, having a go at the speed of the safety car, um, that's going at a certain speed because that you know that's got that's the direct communication to race control. Sergio Perez isn't the safety car is, so yeah, I think it was a deserved win, but it was also a deserved penalty, which is what makes it a shame. Um, yeah. But one thing that ticks it in my favour on giving it to Perez is that when there was an investigation where he needed to turn it up to disappear, he did, and really just sort of found some pace that Charlotte Clare just couldn't find. And I thought that was very impressive, actually. I was very impressed with his final um, five or six laps of that race, because at that stage, that amount of fatigue, to then be able to turn it up a notch, which he very obviously did, was very impressive. And it doesn't negate anything, obviously. it doesn't say, but he did this, so Brian, don't penalise him. Um, I just, as a, you know, the, the next bullet point on my list, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's it's annoying but... It's... Would Leclerc
0: have not driven differently, though? Because he he basically went all-out attack to try and make the overtake. He probably could have done it if he didn't have a few corrections at, like, turn three at one point.
1: Turn three at uh, every point.
0: to every every, every lap, yeah. <laughs> but, like, would Leclerc, if he knew... If Paris was given a five-second time penalty in the race, which he, he should have done or two five-second time penalties... McClure surely would have driven differently, and then Perez wouldn't have scampered up the road.
1: Totally, definitely, he wouldn't have. Um, he wouldn't have cooked his tires. He would have just sat within three seconds, yeah. or sat within two seconds, which he could easily have done. He wouldn't have cooked his tires earlier, which is very easy to do on such a weird tarmac they've got there. It's not a very abrasive surface, but when it's a greener track, when it's been washed consistently over the weekend, it will be more abrasive. And um, because tires are weird, and tires exist, um, don't ask me anything more than that. And. <laughs> but that's just voodoo about tires that's ticked off. Uh, I think you're right. He would have, he probably would have won the race if, if it was one five second penalty. And the way that we saw with Perez in, um in Bottas in Monza 2021 is the, well, the good of recent examples. He had no reason to overtake Perez to um, not be on the podium in that race because Perez had got a five second penalty. So he could just sit there and got the podium. Um, same with Canada 2019 you, you know these kind of things and that those are harder calls of penalties in my opinion the ones they gave in those races and this is an easier call it's it's, it's a slam dunk one when it's 10 car lines. when the safety car's round the corner and you're at the other corner at various, that's when you've been behind the safety car that's when you start to think mm. and hamilton was alluding to it on the radio i think and saying the lights were going out one. but he's putting a gap and
0: what, what I don't get is his engineer, uh, Paris's engineer, Hugh Bird, for the second one, he warned him, saying, be careful, the uh, safety car left. And he still did it. Like, I I really didn't understand that because I don't know if he was warning him, if that was the warning from the FIA warning, if you get because that was the same safety car restart or, if, or if Hugh Bird noticed the first safety car restart. He got mi- and he still It's did probably
1: it. a mixture of the two in a way of just saying, OK, right, so. You Know, do this, thing to, make, it, like, do this what, thing to make your tires work, but don't do it to such an extent. Yeah. And he just did it to too much of an extent. I think that's probably the thing. I think because it is obviously a thing that keeps his tires alive is doing a little bit of speed, doing a little bit of bursts, keeps the tires alive, keeps a lot of heat in the brakes. But crucially, a lot of heat in the brakes if you're then having to brake hard. So, um, I think there's elements of
0: that. Well, last this. point, last point on this Christian Horner, as his response did say, uh. Before, well, before the penalty was given, but he said, uh, if Perez is given the penalty, like, well, normally, the people escape these kind of things. He said, he said on formation laps, other safety car things, like how Houghton in Saudi Arabia last year, for example, the formation lap of that crazy race. Why wasn't people penalised then? And he's right, but people yeah. should have been penalised then. That, that's what I would say. Uh, so, again, it's inconsistent, just like a lot of decisions have been uh, this weekend. But it's a good point, but this one was very obvious, at least to me, when when it happened.
1: Yeah, there's always a kind of a thought process of a better start somewhere, and it seems to have... You could get the impression that it has started in Singapore, but it hasn't because only one penalty was given. So it's
0: weird. Um, and, and what the, the first one was worse than the second one, I thought. Yeah, he only got a reprimand for that, and five seconds for the second. It's just like you know what is going on there how could you get reprimand and a 5 second time if for effectively the same thing at nearly the same points on a track as well it's ludicrous yeah ludicrous.
1: it is and, and,
0: and you just I, know i, I, I if, I'm
1: kind of speeches on it. i don't really have any answers to say you know any reason why you know
0: and, and if he won by less than five seconds, he would have been given two, rep, two reprimands. That's, that's what I genuinely think would have happened. But they yeah. just didn't want to yeah. rob him of the win. Yeah, uh, and I, that's, I think that's
1: a, I think that's a really good... Yeah, that's where I'm leaning as well, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Well, like, it, it's the harsh truth. I, I hate to say I, it. I really hate
1: yeah. to say it. I really hate to have faith. But yeah. well, I, I don't.
0: Okay. <laughs> anyway, but that said... Apart from that, it was still one of Perez's best drives, if not his best drive, which he you said, think, I think. Do you think it was his best win? I don't think it was, you know. I know he said that, but I don't think it was. I, I think, think Sakir was brilliant. Exactly, yeah. That's what I think as well. Because I think Red Bull, in those conditions on Sunday, had a bit, a slightly better car. Yeah. I mean, just happened in clean air. I know he's on soft tyres, that kind of thing. He was like a second, to, like nearly two seconds at some point, faster than the whole field. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Uh, so, no, I, I mean, it's probably like third or fourth best drive he's ever done, but not his best for me. No.
1: I mean, it was a very accomplished drive and very oh, difficult yeah. conditions oh. and a very difficult Grand Prix. And you've got to hand it to a, a few drivers on who made it to the end of that race who did very accomplished drives. And you've got to take it away from a
0: few others. Absolutely. Uh, Leclerc and Sights, actually, that kind of brings us on to that. Leclerc was very good, just as good as Perez. I thought the only thing he did wrong was not getting the start right and overcooking his tyres. Although I do like that he kind of did attack and went for it. it didn't quite happen, though, unfortunately. He was relentless, wasn't he? Yeah. He, 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 he felt
1: relentless. I think the start you can kind of take away from him as a criticism, because all the top few cars on that start, that the right side of the grid, yeah. yeah. Um, Hamilton and uh, Alonso had sort of duff starts. So um, I think that's, there was a tarmac change, I think. And I think it's just where they were entering their second phase meant it became a bit weird. Um, I think that seems to be what it looks like. And, or maybe it was just a bit wetter at that part, on on weird parts of the track on that side as well, convoluted, mixing it all together. So, but it did look like that was a contributing factor because obviously yeah. Perez, Norris, Science all got a good launch. It was the um, second
0: phase, wasn't it, for, for Leclerc yeah, and Hamilton, phase. the second mm-hmm. phase, the actual reaction, that was fine. But, the reaction but as soon was as equal, equal between to...
1: Perez and Leclerc, and the reaction yeah. from Hamilton was actually phenomenal. It was yeah. it was, it was the best one, start of his, just... one of his best reactions in a long time for many people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Not bad for Considering
1: <laughs> That bit wasn't. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah i mean leclerc was relentless throughout i think yeah i think he did cook his tires but he he had numerous opportunities even with those tires being you know battered and i think i think he did give it a very good shot actually i was very impressed with that and i
0: did he overdrive
1: yes he did um i've said it a couple of times already but just go and watch the race and just watch him go through turn three and watch the opposite lot, watch the sideways because he's then coming up. He's that's the, the second to last corner before the main straight where you can do the overtakes yeah. with a little kink in it. The um, four to five straight, and he's just always slipping around, and it's just not not on, in my opinion,
0: yeah, <laughs> because that's what's cooking his time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but sights. His teammate, he yes, he got third, but it was a bit like it's been like Barrain actually. Right at the start of the year, got the podium, but his actual performance, his actual pace, was miles off compared to Leclerc. Uh, even though yeah. Leclerc in practice on Friday had a few issues, since I think uh, topped FP top of my head, but then from qualifying onwards and then the race. Sipes was not quicker than Leclerc at any point. He just went backwards after every safety car restart.
1: He just wasn't getting a handle on it, was he? And we've seen it a couple of times. His pace in the race hasn't been amazing. I mean, Zamvor, he was falling off a lot. Hungry. And hungry, yeah. Hungry, he wasn't there at all. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the... Is, what's the reason for it? It's to be every other race. He's not having a good race for some reason. It's just, um It seems to be hitting a weakest ebb, which is very dis uh, concerning to be honest. Because he's he's proved himself pretty well, but I don't really understand where that pace was for him. I don't Uh, because I I don't. It's not it's not a one off now. It's not a conditions thing. We can't put it down to that. And he's worked in these conditions before in Monaco. He was going very nicely, and he was able to think and had a very good race there. So. In my opinion, he was quite lucky to get a podium and quite lucky yeah. to realistically finish that race um, in a decent position, in even in points-paying position. Because if he was in the midfield, he'd have been swallowed in that race.
0: I agree entirely, and that is for me the difference between Leclerc and Sides. Leclerc doesn't. Oh, but really... it's more than
1: that, I think.
0: Oh yeah, there's more. Yeah, but on like this is the biggest factor for me. Like Leclerc, this doesn't really happen. We're on raw race pace. He's much slower than sides, and I can't think of a time where that's happened actually over the last two years. Uh, whereas sides, it does happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, and it's, it's when you think about Leclerc just being able to dig so deep, and I don't know if Leclerc's digging deep because there's a limitation to the car, but that doesn't ring true for where that car's been for the majority of the season, mm. and. It doesn't feel like it's a limitation that Claire's overcoming. It feels like a limitation in Science's car, which is Science, okay. and yeah, it's 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 concerning and it's disappointing. And I don't really know where to where to go with that for Science. Mm. I think we need to kind of if this is a trend that continues over the next few races this season. I think he, he I know he's got a contract for twenty five, doesn't he, or twenty four?
0: Yeah,
1: and twenty four season. So, uh, yeah, maybe the city season rumour mill will be about Carlos Sainz next year. Interesting,
0: interesting. Well, we, we, we haven't even see, finished but... this one yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Max Verstappen, he won't be going anywhere. Obviously, he didn't win the title. You know, obviously, he never won oh, the title oh. anyway. Uh, <laughs> he didn't win the race either. Had one of his worst races, probably the worst race of the year for him, do you think? Oh, I think it was the worst mistaken? race in mean, three I years. Think... Probably, but it all happened because it qualified, which wasn't his fault. It was the team's fault because they wanted to get him last over the line, basically. And he was told by the team to slow down, make a gap to Gasly, et cetera, which he did. And that lap would have been, he would have taken, but he was seven tenths up on Leclerc's poor lap on that penultimate lap and then this last lap he was nine tenths up after the middle sector on Leclerc so he had two laps that were more than good enough for Paul probably would have been on Paul by more than one second
1: second and a half
0: both. yeah exactly so if it weren't for that he probably would have dominated so it goes back to Caulfown, but no he wouldn't because argue... then
1: Leclerc would have got the lead at the start
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> no Lord. he would have dominated yeah. um but with Carry what up. he done with what he had, with the situation he was in, he should have done better. That mistake with Norris. What well, you not? Know, to, to, before that, he was quite patient. I was quite impressed. He didn't do anything erratic. It was just that one move where he misjudged it on the wet stuff, which Hamilton did as well. <laughs> but that—that that <laughs> was a really
1: bumpy point of track. That was really easy to lock up there
0: in yeah. in a
1: dry condition. So in wet conditions with weird tarmac around it, because it's just you, we don't know what's been surfaced there recently and. And yeah. with wet off offline, that is a a really forgivable mistake for Hamilton, Russell, Verstappen, whoever else went off there. Albert on lap one, um, oh, everyone who went off there, I you know I have huge sympathy for, because I yeah. do think that's the worst part of the track to have to break on, in general, for an overtaker. You're coming in at such, just in general, at such speed, <clears throat> such speed offline, wet, slippy tyres trying to find grip that don't have much temperature that can't just rely on themselves so particularly after a safety car restart which is when he went deep um, where the tyres are going to be cold and the inherent mechanical grip is just going to be so lacking it's you know it is a shocking mistake to see for a man so pristine with his driving usually and so clinical with his overtakes as he has been this year even in difficult places to overtake like Hungary and um, Zanvor. but yeah it's Landon Norris, I think was very pleased with themselves to be honest <laughs> Yeah,
0: and I wonder as well if Verstappen knew DRS was going to be enabled which for some reason it took a long time to because they've been safe and that's what's happened over the last couple of races were the tracks being dry So saw that at Turkey last year for example, I think if he knew DRS was coming, he wouldn't have gone for it as he did I think, I think he would have been a bit more cautious but equally he did have a run it was on it's just it was so so difficult. Wet tyres, dry oh. track. Uh, sorry, dry track. Wet tyres. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it was just difficult.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't know if he would have been if he wouldn't have gone for the move. Yeah, because you can see when you can see Ferraris and Rebels up front. You're going to think. Yeah. I don't. I just need to be with them.
0: Possibly that's my
1: thought on that. But.
0: Yeah, uh, I think Norris actually positioned his car perfectly, like in the middle, to make sure yeah, all the stuff and was on the right on the wet stuff. So that was a fantastic for nice Norris. Yeah, let, let's speak about that. I mean, he kept out the wall, which is the main point to do. McLaren, in fact, McLaren's strategy as well, which got Ricardo up there. They waited for the safety car from Sonoda, Was it Sonoda's one. Yeah, Suno
1: Sonoda
0: did it uh, Yeah, Sonoda crashed. They waited to pit. So then they were waiting for a safety car basically to go from Inters to dry to get a cheaper pit stop, which is what happened, which meant Norris definitely stayed ahead of Verstappen and Hamilton at the time, and Ricardo moved up to six. So a great day for McLaren, mm. moves them ahead of Alpine as well in the Constructors' Championship. It's a top job to everyone, I think, there.
1: Oh, yeah, they took a good gamble on waiting for a safety car around that pit stop phase, and they thought everyone's going on drives, so It might be a good time. And I think they had that idea before the race, if I'm right in saying.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I would also say though that Norris is on for a top five finish anyway in that race.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think his his performance in that car, which I think was not too suited at all to this track, and uh, because of the conditions, he was able to launch himself up that order. I thought was very, very impressive. So either either way, either way, with the McLaren doing very, you know, doing bits with their strategy, which is well, well done because um, they launched up their second car and got a fourth fifth. And what Norris was, was then in the fight for the podium. But I mean, the fact that Norris was then able to push sights for the majority of the final final stint of that race was excellent stuff. And I was incredibly sure. impressed with that.
0: Yeah, very impressive. That's where the top drivers stand out. Ricardo as well. Yes, he didn't have the pace of Norris, but he wasn't a million miles off. I mean, oh, the gap I mean, from...
1: I mean what the gap at the end. had a, nearly a pit stop gap at the end.
0: Okay, never mind. I'll retract oh, didn't that. He? <laughs> didn't he?
1: Didn't oh, he? I'll double check that because I don't want to I don't want to throw too much at it. Oh yeah, because... it was
0: twenty-two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, he was way off okay. Norris in the end. Never mind. All right, um... his pace it still wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But people will look at his result. Well, take well the
1: off, result take was good and that. he held the result there and he, he you know he held yeah. the fifth place and he held off stroll.
0: Yeah, stroll six, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Stroll Straw had a great race. Where he Stroll kept, like the and, Stroll
1: had a cracker. Straw had a really Aston good Martin. pace in the week, all weekend. Aston Martin had good pace all weekend. Aston Martin seemed to yeah. get a really good position in pre-practice with that car. Then they had a wet qualifying. Whenever they've got pace like Silverstone or Canada, it's a wet qualifying. I'm going to say Aston Martin. Come on, we're sorry, but why are you bringing this luck to yourselves? And <laughs> but they, you know, they made it work in the race. They got double points, six yeah. and eight. Yeah,
0: it's a much needed result for them as well. Yes, I think. And so. Well, he's putting them in the
1: fight for P6 in the constructors now rather than the fight for last in the constructors, which was where they were in sort of race four or five. And Mm. you look at the constructors' standings now and they are on, you know, they're they're close to Alfa Romeo. They're um, they're 15 points behind Alfa Romeo, whereas previously, before this race, I think they were something like, they were ninth. So they're seventh Mm. now.
0: Yeah, so huge day for them. Absolutely huge. Uh, if, they can, see, if they can
1: somehow get sixth in this constructors championship, then I mean, that's fantastic for Aston Martin in the second half of the season. And, you know, we should yeah. put a lot of credit to the development of that car.
0: Absolutely, Yeah, because they changed car in Spain to a B-spec car offensively, because the first three, four races, it was not good. I, I mean, Australia, I remember one of the worst weekends ever for any team I've seen in F1. Uh, but yes, yeah, in Spain, they have <laughs> managed to, they found the path. It seems like the Kind the of got now it's got a lot of potential or some potential good race car it's a good, car. It's a
1: to, good Sunday yeah, car
0: yeah and they're now able, able to use that and mm-hmm. we are stroll we've seen him wet before he we can perform for some reason whenever it's wet he it just improves in general yeah uh <laughs> so a low he's grip driver to, uh, yeah maybe he should that's just
1: drive a, that's the thing straw cool. i think i think it'd be fantastic <laughs> yeah it's something like that where he's got cold tires. and like, put him in dtm or something i think he'd be phenomenal because of the way this the it Works for, him. I think Stroll's going to be really interesting to watch when they get rid of tyre warmers in Formula One.
0: Mm, that's, a, that's a good one, which was going to happen this year, but then it didn't.
1: Uh, yeah, but that's, that's that's one of my mad crackpot theories that um won't come to pass, will never be mentioned again.
0: <laughs> let's talk about Mercedes really bad, disappointed day all round for them. George Russell, uh, didn't get out Q2 started 11th and then... And then actually, I'm, that's not about this bit first. I'm surprised he decided to change his power unit because 11th is not... I know you're in the middle of the pack, but to do it on Singapore, is I found that a bit of a strange choice to put in... So place. the reason
1: they... um The reason he was having issues in practice and in qualifying apparently was because of um some issues with the braking, the engine braking in the power unit, meaning the throttle was essentially... The throttle power was essentially sticking. Right. So I don't know if there was a um, A bit of a, a misgiving with that power
0: unit. Yeah, he, lo- he did. He you looked think they would go for really... one in the pool, though? I yeah, don't know if that's an upgraded one,
1: place. which isn't in the pool then, but who knows?
0: Possibly. But yeah, from FP1, he was all over the place, Russell, and then in the race, he pitted him far too early <laughs> onto the dry tires, uh, and it didn't work. He had an incident with Mick Schumacher as well, which is very strange to get a puncher from two cars colliding like that, and then had to do the rest of the lap at 12 miles an hour. Uh, and then Lewis Alton had that mistake, of course, where he uh, went off at turn seven when chasing science, and then towards the end of the race, uh, he went deep in the next corner, turn eight, and let Verstappen through as well. He also complained a bit about strategy, used tyres, new tyres at the start. I think he wanted used tyres for better warm-up. It was just... It's a bit like hooking on 2019, I think, from Mercedes. Everything just wasn't really working, whatever they tried.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a bit, you know, scrappy. I think what they were trying with Lewis worked, and they overruled him correctly, in my opinion, with whatever they did, But um, because he was in the same strategy hunt until he, you know, put himself out of it with the turn seven issue. You know, that's fine. I've said before, that's fine. But the turn eight one was, you know, not on, and even any move in that corner, is surely not on. When you're that far back as well, he's just dipping a nose in. I mean, I think he figured out when he was there that it wasn't on, and just was like, well, I'm going to have to exist now. And <laughs> yeah, that was that was an error in judgment for him there, which was boggling. Um, yeah. And and Russell just couldn't hook it up Just couldn't hook it up couldn't hook it up all weekend I have one of those block weekends that is, is rare for any driver in the top team to be honest yeah. for such a level they didn't hook up across yeah. anything and
0: all over he'll, the he'll, place
1: he'll be searching for answers desperate to find them I think this little braking problem through the power unit is a nice thing to cool his mind and hopefully he'll be able to have a better better run of it in um, in Suzuka
0: yeah, and I know oh, it's I mean, possible.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say on on his racing in with Schumacher was a <laughs> I don't know I, I it doesn't quite sit right for me as a racing incident that I, I was surprised it wasn't a penalty in his favour because yeah for Russell because Schumacher doesn't have to he's the, you know he's he, he can hold his line he doesn't have to move because another car moves he's entitled to sit where he is and Russell you know turned out to turn into the corner in uh, the wrong
0: way <laughs> i agree no i'd, I'd agree with that. i think he should have been given a penalty uh and there was very little noise about it actually after the race maybe because he's had a bad race or whatever but if it was dry i really do think mercedes would have had a great chance of winning oh, on that. they
1: had a great chance at the start of the race where? anyway yeah. Yeah. yeah um i think it would have been really interesting to see when it was dry i think they were going on about having really good long run pace in the drive, but the only long runs were George Russell and Carlos Sainz, and yeah. they both had shockers. So, I don't know. If George Russell and Carlos Sainz were matching each other, then who knows where Leclerc and Hamilton would have been, probably just doing random stuff anyway. Um, yeah. But faster. So, we don't know what the lim- where, where that would have been. I don't know. Um, I've earmarked Suzuka for them anyway, but mm. who knows? I don't think they're going to win a race. Yeah. Five left.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alpine had a very poor weekend. Well, not a poor weekend, poor Sunday as well. Two engine problems, I say, for Fernando Alonso. He was running, he was doing so well. He was keeping keeping Verstappen behind, frustrated him a bit, and a knock on he would have had points as well. So, a massive missed opportunity for them, Freddie.
1: Massive missed opportunity, considering they've once again bungled a little a position in the constructors championship i mean they've got the the car to be fourth and i think you know on balance in points uh, as the as it kind of sits throughout the year in the next coming races they should probably end up in fourth but at this stage in the year to be behind mclaren who are a fantastic operational team isn't very good the, the amount of i mean I mean, the amount of the fact that people, Fernando Alonso can walk around saying, oh, I think I've lost about 50, 60 points this year. Just to, the fact that he can even say that, and even Fernando Alonso can say that with a straight face can is, you know, I mean, he, at one point he probably did also suggest they would be fighting the Mercedes, which is, you know, tall order. We were at a
0: few races. Well,
1: that means he's given himself 100 points or something, doesn't it? I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of the time we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be denying Alonso 30 or 40 of those points. So,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it it could, that they suspect to be relatively similar issues. That's not very nice for them at this late stage of the season, a particularly late stage in power unit development as well for this sort of this near 10 year old cycle of power units. So um, yeah, no, nothing more to say than that apart from hopefully they just kind of can keep it together for their own sake for fourth place, frankly.
0: Yeah, a really bad day at the office for them. And Williams as well. Nicholas Latifi, I have no idea what he was thinking when he came across uh, Joe Yu at turn uh, five. <laughs> he just, I mean, I know it's raining, spraying, that kind of thing, but he just completely cut across him, ruined his home race and Joe's. And then Alex Albon, he had a bit of a moment as well at turn eight and counted it. Uh, so then that put him out of the race as well. So yeah. Could they have scored points, do you think? Possibly. It's hard to well, say, isn't it? It's it's
1: one of those races where you probably could have scored points staying in the race. Schumacher was having yeah. the points till he was knocked by Russell and um Magnuson was nearly in the points after all of his calamities. So I yeah. think you know I think they realistically could have scored points had things had the green rubbed in the right way. But um Latifi just had a I want to say moment of madness, but he just had a moment of just laps. It's just a lap. He was concentrating so much on driving, which is fair enough in those conditions that he just wasn't looking in his mirrors, which is difficult to forgive as well. Um, And Albon just was struggling in a car that was a struggle. I think they're both struggling in a car that was a struggle, so to even race in that car is going to be really tricky, as Latifi found, and as Albon found on lap one as well. So Um,
0: The car, the car, the card just doesn't suit Singapore. The cards doesn't quite suit expected. Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were,
1: they were supposed to have a dire weekend and they just did.
0: <laughs> 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 That's a great summary. <laughs> uh, Hass as well. I just to quickly mention uh they if it wasn't for Russell and Schumacher collided and the black and orange flag for Magnussen when he... was it Verstappen that he clipped it was from wing. Was
1: I, I don't know who clipped. I think it was Verstappen. I think it, yeah, no, it was because Verstappen yeah. seemed to squeeze him at the exit of turn nine. That um, A bit much, and that clipped him, and the end plate just got a bit loose again. which was wasn't Magnussen's fault. Wasn't really Verstappen's fault because he did. It was it was very aggressive in a way that Magnussen has been as well. So, <laughs> but I, I would just say I was very impressed with Magnussen's qualifying. Yeah, which made it yeah. a shame because I think he he was one of the top performers of the weekend on pace. Frankly, yeah,
0: to get to get into Q three was a really good effort in that Haas, And this is a, we talk about opportunities, but these are the types of races where a team like Haas and Williams they have a, have a chance to get a top eight and score a handful of points, which they can't really do on pure pace in a dry normal race. So they'll be both really annoyed that they haven't been able to. Have a clean race, unfortunately, uh, because it's unlikely that we're going to get another chaotic Grand Prix like this before the end of the season. So, yeah, is it? I mean, who knows? Well, you never know. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Missed opportunity there. And the last thing we're going to talk about before we round off is the delayed start. It was delayed for over an hour due to the heavy rain. But it's an ironic dude. thing
1: to talk about it at the end of the podcast. You know, <laughs> um, that's a
0: good point. <laughs> The original start was pushed back, basically, because uh, they wanted to do all the ceremonies and get the cars out on track and do it the normal way. Should it do? We, do we need common sense to, to apply for any, or is it more important about, I guess, contracts and that kind of I thing? Think I think the first procedures. point to make.
1: The first point to make is that common sense was applied in not opening the pit lane. Um, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, with the tor- torrential downpour. Um, it takes, you know, it's going to take a period of time to get cast to the grid and so on. And I think you've got to. There is an element of giving each Grand Prix their time in the sun, um, or the moon, or the dark. And, yeah, <laughs> and it there is a the MotoGP apparently have a quick start procedure. I don't know anything about this. I'm afraid I've just seen this touted and suggested, but I also understand. I think particularly for Grand Prix where there could be fading light and things like that, and. Yeah. take 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 spa for example if they'd been delaying the clock and things like that but it did get to a point where they were able to go at it and do it and have the cars on the grid and were thinking about it then just being able to have a good quick go button is a good idea so a little urgent procedure might be a right idea i do think to be honest in this situation it was fine um i i think it was happened to the letter we got the full race and so on and that's fine um i think even with full extreme wet tires which are you know not very good anyway but even with full extreme tires that are good the weather was at a point where you couldn't go to the grid with any good tire to be honest in a a prototype formula racing car so when that was legitimately fine even with full wet tires you then just got to kind of just go with it as it goes and that's how it went to be honest um, if you the only
0: thing i would say is at 1 pm uk time when the race was meant to start the conditions were fine in my opinion when the rain stopped and then after 10 minutes after the rain stopped it was fine but then we had to wait another hour or so which i think i think that can be cut in half of a quick okay. start yeah, procedure that's or something. fair
1: enough that's that's yeah.
0: what i do personally but i also completely understand f one doesn't want to get into a contractual fight with race organizers about not doing xyz
1: drivers of don't need to drive to the grid
0: yeah, well, yeah, but then again, little, yeah. then
1: then again, you know, I think you know have got an element of like just she, she, asking she, she, all these people just to go and stand yeah. in torrential rain is 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 pretty stupid and pretty poor form to be honest for anyone. Um so yeah, there are there are sides of it that are that are that are from that side that are that front. Yeah. So I think you know it'd be interesting I think I reckon something will be looked into, but who knows. Um mm. And for the, the the handful of times where you want, you know, stuff to happen quickly. I mean, Formula One isn't there to race, you know, to make the most of the rain when it rains, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the weather reacts around Formula One and Formula One can react to the weather. But for the most part, weather is weather and Formula One races are Formula One races. And then they're not mutually exclusive. They just happen and yeah. the weather that happens happens and if, if weather forces something to happen in a certain way which is we have to just delay everything that we'd normally do then where it is when you start is where it is when you start there's no obligation to race in a certain condition
0: that's so, a good point yeah that's nice support actually yeah, i couldn't put, put that better myself so uh, i think
1: i think some people do go on about oh you're wasting the rain it's like well grow up
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the, the Freddie I like to see grow up <laughs> <laughs> you just you just commended
1: me for saying something really well I just say grow up <laughs> but thank you for the uh, forward
0: yeah thank you for my praise which I don't usually give <laughs> but yes uh, we will be of course talking about the budget cap probably on Wednesday if and when something is announced it was a huge story ahead of the Singapore Grand Prix do you just want to comment quickly on anything freddy about it i mean me personally i just want to wait and see what happens I'm, i've got an opinion but it's i'd rather wait and see like christian horst yeah. actually and see what happens and then say something because i don't you know we've we got to see what the fia said this is the first time we've seen this put mm. to test and finance what we all say finance is so complicated that i'm <laughs> yes. not too surprised that this is as happening. the
1: uk government are learning right now finance is yeah. incredibly complicated um I think, but you know, it is I, though, I, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Oh God, yes But I think I will say one thing It's obviously more my field of expertise Which is character But mm. I'm so surprised by how blatant Toto Wolff is But also similarly how Defensive and bullish and defence Christian Horner is mm. Which, you know I'd have more faith in Red Bull's um, Finances, details as from basically two, you know, really, you know, going for it opinions. I have more faith in the one who works for Red Bull, to be honest, to know about that than Toto yeah. Wolf. I think you can go on about something being an open secret, but I mean, it, no one, I don't, no was, one it, was it an
0: open secret?
1: It was an open oh, sure. secret to people Appar- apparently the people in the paddock had heard whispers and things like that, but it wasn't, you know, enough to be reported and yeah. things like that. And um I I you know that's fair enough. We're not in the paddock day and day out, so we have to take people's word for that. Um and I'm inclined to wait. My my feelings are that it's a really specific thing to come out. Yes. But also, it's been so battered away that it keeps it open in my mind.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's a fair point. Uh. Yeah. We will go into detail on Wednesday when something is hopefully announced because this. Could be a huge story for F1 sales going back to Spygate 2007, yeah. that kind of thing. It could be, I mean, 2021 is still making 2022, you could argue. In F1, oh, yeah, yeah. But, so, I mean, the
1: budget yeah. cap of 2021 was designed for 2022, anyway, mm. to be fair. Um,
0: yeah, that's a good point. yeah. cool, well. My thanks, ready for joining me over That's the last United. fifty minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back for budget cap and Japanese Grand Prix preview talk in a few days. So until then,
1: the grind is 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 just on all the time with this, isn't it? <laughs>
0: but we love it. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you in a couple of days.
1: Goodbye.